0: Hey friends, how you guys doing? This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Thursday, January the 29th. And today is gonna be a little bit shorter podcast than usual, but I wanna spend it talking about the way that our thoughts impact our daily lives. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. So I am glad you guys have joined me. How are you guys doing? How are you doing? Uh, I seem to be back up on social media, at least for the time being. I wanna say thanks to everybody who keeps uh, re- you know, reaching out to us. A lot of you are sending in questions fast and furious to Mailbox Monday. I know a lot of you are brand new to my podcast. For those of you who are new, let me take a moment and just introduce myself. Someone said, you need to do that. It's been a long time. So uh, we have, my husband and I, married for 32 years. We have seven children uh, and I have homeschooled them, all of them, all the way through high school. We still have uh, three children left at home and uh, one of them's getting ready to graduate high school. So life is moving along at an unbearably fast pace for me right now, particularly as it relates to our children growing up and leaving our home. I have a heart to meet you guys at the intersection of faith and culture. I really believe that the church is lacking very much so in how we uh, articulate the, the ideas that are put forth in scripture as it relates to marriage and family, as it relates to government. The Bible is not silent on the issues that we are facing today. And largely, though, our churches have become silent. And I've said, you know, for many years, and if you guys have been following me for any length of time, you've heard me say that. I believe we've hurt ourselves uh, terribly by our unwillingness to talk about the things that are happening as God does in his word. And so today I just wanted to let you guys know we are uh, very much moving forward here at the podcast. I understand a lot of you are frustrated. You've seen that I've been taken off of social media. I never actually know when my page will be up and when it isn't. I mean, the page is up, but if you see that I'm not on there, very likely, a very high probability that Facebook has locked me out for you know who only knows what I never actually know because they always tell me the same thing you know I violate their community standard well i don 't actually know what their standard is, so uh, and actually, probably if I did know it i 'd violate it anyway <laughs> because i don 't like facebook 's standards i don 't like what they what they stand for. Uh, and so, if you notice that I'm not on social media, that is typically why. I want to say thank you very much to David and Christine from North Cumberland, Pennsylvania. They wrote in and said, Heidi, thank you for the amazing things that you're doing in your ministry. I wish I could do half of what you accomplished. Tell everyone, I tell everyone about your podcast and ministry. And my husband even listens to you while trucking this great nation. And gasp, he does it all without a mask. Woot woot. I love it. She kept writing and said a few days ago, a store employee told him to put a mask on our six-year-old granddaughter when entering the store and he firmly told the guy she does not need a mask. He wasn't wearing one either and kept walking and they left him alone. However, I call him the great intimidator because he does not stand down, but holds his ground. And he is very intimidating looking. Oh, I love I love hearing stories like this. You guys are just going to stand, you know, be bold in your wisdom and be kind to each other. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I think this is kind of how you do it. You just say, no, I don't need to wear a mask. You know, thank you. I'm not sick. I often say that I'm not sick. And uh, we need to start, you know, using common sense. So I appreciate hearing from so many of you, lots of you asking how you can support the ministry. If you are interested, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, if it helps you at all, if you think, boy, I would sure love to see more people hear what uh, is being said at the Heidi St. John podcast, you can support us by going to com forward slash give. All right, we've got a lot of angst in the culture right now, I think particularly as it relates to what's happening around us and trying to control our thoughts and trying to keep our uh, our hearts in perfect peace. That's what the Bible says that we have. If our hearts and minds are stayed on Christ, what does that look like? Well, I wrote about this a little bit in a book called Bible Promises for Moms. And if you guys haven't picked it up yet, I think you would really you would really love it. It's just $2.99. You can get it anywhere books are sold. You can buy it directly from me. I'm always telling people, you know, buy them in in, you know, uh packages of like 5 or 10. The idea behind them is that you give them away. And they it is literally filled with hundreds of scriptures that are relevant to the needs of every single person that's reading them. And then I interweave them with personal reflections and some, a few daily devotions, but lots and lots of wonderful uh, encouragement in there, just a little pocket-sized book. But again, it's just $2.99. It's not really a moneymaker. That wasn't the reason that we did it. Uh, So I hope you guys will pick it up. And, you know, like I said, buy them in, you know, groups of five or 10 or 20 if you can, and then just give them to people. You see someone who looks sad and unhappy, um, give them Bible promises for moms. Everything in there. Uh, points the reader back to the Lord. And at one point in that book, I wrote about our thought life. And I said, a penny for your thoughts. That's how I started this little devotion. My husband's words brought me back from someplace far away. I had been lost in my own thoughts. I blinked awkwardly, suddenly aware that I had not been present for the past half an hour. You guys ever done that? Have you ever like just been on your phone or just lost in your thoughts and then someone kind of brings you back to reality and you realize, oh boy, I'm, you know, I'm doing the blank stare thing. The mind is a curious thing. We have thoughts and some of them are our own conjectures. Some are divine flashes of insight or inspiration given by God. And some are planted by the enemy who knows us only all too well. He ensnares us as we walk the familiar paths of worry. If we can get our thought life straightened out, it's amazing how much it improves our daily life. And in the end, life is a series of choices, what to do, what to prioritize, how to act when no one is looking. But perhaps nothing changes our life outcomes more than our own thought life. Paul gives us very specific instructions about how we should think, a prescription, if you will. He says, "Think about these things." That's Philippians four eight. If you read the whole verse, he gives you a whole list of things to think about. Whatever is right, whatever is honorable, and etc. 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 You guys know the verse, right? Whenever your mind wanders to regret, which we talked about yesterday, or fear, or sin, look over the list in Philippians four eight and ask God to help you redirect your thought life. Our thought lives are so important because we can, if you guys notice that you can fixate on something and it can just drag you down, kind of pull you down into the, I, I got dragged into a, um, I don't know what you call it. Every once, in a while, I don't do this very often, but I got locked out on my Facebook account. And when I get locked out, it doesn't mean that I can't get on Facebook and, you know, scroll around and see things. It just means I can't say anything. So I can't comment. Like at a, a really good friend of mine who had a baby I ended up sending her a private message, couldn't comment. Another friend of mine who her husband died from cancer. And so I ended up, you know, I clicked on her husband's profile. And then I noticed that we had a mutual friend and clicked on him. And pretty soon I'd spent like an hour and a half, like down the rabbit hole of Facebook, looking at people's lives and pictures who I would never normally do it. And it just discouraged me. Lots of people that I went to Bible college with like literally legit went to like Bible college with these people who are not walking with the Lord, who I saw people celebrating uh, Joe Biden's um, inauguration. I saw Christians talking about how it was so amazing that we had our first female uh, black vice president. Listen, I'm so happy that we, that we live in a country that uh, we are free to vote, not based on the color of our skin, but on the content of our character. I, I love the idea of a black president, a black vice president, But I don't like the idea of someone who is of any color who shares the convictions or lack thereof of the people who are in the current White House. And I was just sickened by the lack of discernment from people that went to Bible college with me who I thought knew the Lord. And I just started going down this, like I just started getting depressed and I was reading things to my husband. I'm like, look, so-and-so posted this and -and so-and-so. I never do that because I've made it kind of a habit not to do that. And uh, he was like, Heidi, your thoughts are gonna steer your entire day tomorrow if you don't pull them out of this place. Like, why do we care what these people think? Let's, let's keep focusing on what God wants us to do. And I was like, dude, that was right. Like, we just need to keep our eyes fixed on things above. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter one, make every effort to respond, what? To God's promises. Supplement your faith with Facebook. No, no, that's not what it says. Supplement your faith with generous provisions of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Wow. So I was encouraged to just uh, redirect my thoughts to where God would want me to point them to, um, you know, I read you guys, I read that blog post to you yesterday that I had written, you know, the day, I think the day after Joe Biden's inauguration where and I was really just in a, my, my heart was heavy. I was just grieving for what I knew he would do. And sure enough, that first week in office, exactly what he did, which is what you guys heard me talking about this whole week at the podcast. You know, Biden is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And he's going to do a bunch of things that he said he wouldn't do because he was trying to get the votes of, you know, the unions and things like that. And now here we are. And now here we are. And we have an opportunity. We can either be, you know, uh, drug into it in, in the sort of this depression. And I know a lot of you are feeling that way right now. Or we can be strengthened and encouraged in our faith. And we can encourage other people to walk in right relationship with God to walk in right relationship with Him. It's never been more important than it is right now. And you have an opportunity, you guys, to show your children what it means to live in a culture that has turned its back on Jesus and keep our focus on things above. And I wanna encourage you to that place today. Uh, I am not going to spend you know, a copious amounts of time here at the podcast talking about everything that's wrong with the world. And because I I wanna be focused more on solutions. I think that we have opportunities as Christians to bring solutions. It's why I love Mailbox Monday. It's why I'm constantly um, trying to encourage you guys to be in God's word and seeking him so that you know that you know that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt what it is that God would have you do from his word. And we can know that. As Christians, we don't, we don't walk in darkness. We are children of the light and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So I wanna encourage you guys to that place. I continue to get questions every single day from you guys uh, at Mailbox Monday. I love hearing your questions. I love knowing that the podcast is impacting you. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for those of you who write in. Thank you for sending your questions in. It means uh, a lot to us to hear from you and to hear how God is using the podcast in your life. I wanted to take a couple of moments to uh, answer a couple of questions that are here at Mailbox Monday. If you guys wanna send me questions, I'm gonna try to answer them. I usually answer them on Mondays. You're gonna find that for the next couple of Mondays, not this coming, but coming up, I've got a couple of really important interviews that are gonna air on Friday and Monday. And so those Mailbox Mondays will be a little bit slower But I am reading your questions and we definitely will be um, answering them. So if you want to do that, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday, or if you want me to answer your question even faster, you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And that's the way you do it. All right. This one came from Kayla in Iowa. She's new to homeschooling. She said, Heidi, I am struggling as a homeschool mom of a preschool and first grader. The same day over and over, it feels like I'm getting depressed almost. What can I do to keep things fresh and myself excited for the day? Thanks for all you do. Oh, Kayla, sweet mama. I wish I could be there right now and just give you a big old hug because girlfriend, you need it. By the way, I'm coming to Iowa. I'm gonna be coming and speaking at your homeschool conference. So come on out and say hello and I can hug your neck in person. Listen." Everybody struck every homeschool mom I know, at least the honest ones will tell you that they have bad days and sometimes even difficult seasons. I think part of the reason that you're struggling, I would bet, without seeing your schedule is that you're probably asking too much of yourself. You have a preschooler who really needs little to no school and a first grader who really needs little to no school. So you're not in the, you know, have to do three hours of school every day with the kids. You're in the, let's dump uh, rice in a bucket and uh, trace our our shapes and do our letters and rice in a bucket. You're in what I call the wonder years when you could walk outside and show your children, have them, you know, pick up the rocks and see what crawls out from underneath them and uh, study the, the sky and teach your children about the beauty of nature. There are so many things to love about homeschooling at this age. And I think when we get burned out and when you say, well, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, Without seeing what you're doing, my hunch is that you got a boxed curriculum, and it's become this rote thing that you're doing. You know, you guys ever remember um, the the teacher from Charlie Brown? And she would say, and no one really understood what she was saying. But the point is, the kids aren't really listening to her either, right? And we don't want to get to that point. And so, I guess my encouragement to you, Kayla, would just be to say, what are you doing that's life giving? How can you enjoy your kids more? Can you make cookies with them? Can you, and you know, everything that you're doing is instructing them. Every time you say, this is a quarter cup, see how this says right here that we're supposed to put a quarter cup of brown sugar, this is a quarter cup. And then you can show them what a whole cup is. There's so many different ways to educate children besides just opening up a workbook. And so I would say, A, couple things. Get involved in your local homeschool support group. There's got to be one in your area. Um, I would dial back on the hardcore curriculum. You wanna teach your children reading and writing uh, at this age and math, and you shouldn't be spending a whole bunch of time every day. I mean, you can do a first grader, honestly, in an hour and a half every day. And all the other things, read to them. Oh my goodness, you guys, oh, these are the wonder years. And honestly, Kayla, I miss it. I really miss it. Some of the very best years that we had were when our kids were little. Was it perfect? No. Did we did, did we um, have bad days? Yes. Were there days that I cried and wondered what in the world I got myself into? Absolutely. Would I trade it? No, not for anything in the world. And so I'm gonna pray for you today, Kayla, that the Lord just um, recenters your heart around what it is that he wants you to do with your children so that you don't grow weary in well-doing because you wanna be in this thing, not for the short term, but for the long-term. All right, sweet mama, you got this thing and I am actually super excited for you. All right, next one comes from Molly in Texas. She says, Heidi, we are visiting a new church due to too many restrictions at the old one and they believe water baptism is the only way to be saved. I grew up Methodist with with strong faithful people who were not baptized and said, my faith in Jesus alone is what saves you. I am so confused. I know baptism is important, but I just can't think my grandmother, who is one of the most faithful people I know, uh, isn't in heaven right now. I've searched the Bible and can't and can find evidence for both views. All right. What does the Bible say? For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God. Not that anyone should boast. All right. Baptism doesn't save you. And, uh, it's, it's important. Baptism is important. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward decision. You're telling the whole world, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have made the decision to follow Jesus Christ and I want everyone to know it. Baptism is a symbolization of what's gone on already inside your heart. So you go down into the water that symbolizes that that um, the old is gone and dead and buried and you're raised new, alive in Jesus Christ. Your your um, salvation is not dependent on baptism. I know that there are churches that believe that I happen to not believe it. And I don't think that there's a solid case for it in scripture. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was a pastor at a church in Northern Washington a long time ago. And he said, Heidi, if you torture a verse long enough, it'll confess to anything. (laughs) And I just really took that to heart. I was like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a really great uh, little, you know, that's, I mean, hello, that's, most of the church today, they're torturing verses and leaving verses out. And I think the the very, very simple message of salvation through Jesus Christ, you're asking him into his into your heart and you're saying, Father, forgive me for my sin. Wash me clean. I love you. I want to be your child. Um, and I acknowledge that I am in, sinful in need of a savior. And at that moment, when you ask Jesus to become the Lord of your life, that's what happens. And baptism doesn't confirm that or baptism doesn't make that happen. Your decision is what makes that happen. All right. Is baptism important? Absolutely. All of our kids are, have been baptized. They're baptized when they are ready to be baptized. It's an exciting thing that, uh, that we look forward to as their parents, just watching them walk that out and choosing to be baptized. And so, um, so you don't have to worry that your grandmother, who sounds like she was an amazing Christian woman is not in heaven. I assure you that she is. If she asked Jesus Christ to be her Lord and Savior, she is in heaven right now. The Bible says to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord and it sounds to me like she knew the Lord. So I want you just to be encouraged by that and uh, and you know it's just it's a good idea for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, thanking him every day for what he's done, for what he's going to continue to do, and just for loving us enough to have sent his son to die for us. Jesus paid it all. He paid the sacrifice for our sin. And what did he say? He said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. It is a question of asking Jesus Christ to come into your life, to save you from your sins, to be your Lord and your savior. And he offers that forgiveness of sin, which is a free gift through his son, Jesus. All right, Molly, I hope that helps answering your question. We sure love you guys. Thank you for listening. I am excited tomorrow. I've got a special guest on the show with me today, a senator from the great state of Iowa. Dan Zembach is gonna be on the show with me today. And we're gonna talk about what it takes to bring a guy who's a rancher, and a farmer uh, to the point where he was willing to run for the United States Senate. And listen, you guys, you can do it if you're called. Love your families well today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for your prayers, your financial support, and for leaving reviews for the podcast and for my books wherever you get the opportunity to do that is a huge encouragement to us. We appreciate you guys so much. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.